everyone. Uh, me again, Paul Unger, editor of Placetech. Uh, today we're talking about data collection and the digital transformation of that in real estate. This episode is brought to you in association with Morcom. Morcom is a 360 degree technology platform for asset and property management. The platform seamlessly connects all built environment communities. By transforming the user's experience of the space, Morcom creates loyalty by connecting people to places while delivering efficient operations, significant budget savings, and valuable insights. For more information, please visit morcomapp.com. In today's episode, we will be exploring the subject through the format of a case study, speaking with two people actually running data collection in retail on a daily basis and at scale. We've got David Fuller-Watts, Managing Director of Morcom, and Mark Bruce, Retail Director at Meadowhall Shopping Centre in Sheffield, UK. Um, so, David, maybe um, start by telling us about what you do for Meadowhall and joint owner British Land more widely. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Paul. Uh, we, Morcom, as you said, is you know a, a world-renowned platform for really tenant communication and creating a connected environment, uh, specifically around retail, real estate, and shopping centers in particular. We've worked with Meadowhall for a long time, uh, nearly probably the best part of seven years, Mark. Uh, we've been working together, developing the platform specifically around their needs uh, and working across the British land portfolio of around 40, 45 to 48 properties, um, helping support, communicate more effectively with tenants, delivering value, uh, promoting retail uh, offers, job vacancies, connecting them to the community. And specifically around the topic of data collection has been a real uh, big part of what we, we do with British Land and particularly with Mark and the Meadowhall team. Uh, we collect data from through the platform, through our custom-built forms and connections and working directly with the teams on site uh, and Mark's team centrally held at Meadowhall we are able to collect data from over 900 retailers. Uh, in fact, Mark will probably correct me on the actual numbers, but we collect data from, uh, from all of the retailers through the platform, consolidating it uh, into one central place before it's then connected to the British land central reporting systems uh, through the use of APIs and, and, and connections to help British land really evaluate all the data that's coming in uh, from a turnover and sales collection perspective, and then allows them to then report back to the retailers uh, how on their performance um, and allows them to analyze and, and create that create that connectivity between landlord and tenant to start that kind of working together, which is so important in, in today's real estate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, Mark, just uh, take that further and talk us how, through the operation uh, from your side. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's summed up uh, very nicely, actually. And uh, yeah, nearly a thousand retailers now. So it's, it's, it's growing again quite rapidly since we've come out of uh, COVID-19 and got back to some normality, which is great. But, uh, but yeah, um, so we, we, we have a team based up in Sheffield at Meadowhall that uh, look after the sales data collection across all of British Land's portfolio. Um, 
So what we do is basically um, we work through the Malcom platform um, and there's always a degree of chasing that needs to be done um, at the end of each week. But, uh, you know, we run at about a 98 to 99% compliance rate on a weekly basis. So as I say, that's nearly a thousand retailers that enter data into our system. Um, and really, I think the key thing here is it's, it's all about how we share that data. So that data provides huge value to British land, um, both centrally and at all of the asset level. Um, but also the value is in what we give back to the retailer as well in terms of insights into the center's performance and their own performance. Um, and that kind of blended with the footfall data, um, which again, we're completely transparent. We share all of our footfall data for all of our centers with our retailers. Um, it allows us and them to truly understand the performance of the individual stores and the centers. And, and can you give us an example or anecdotally of how that might play out where you can use information on both sides to actually res respond and make changes in centres? Yeah, um, I guess if we start from a, from a retailer's perspective, um, we've got various case studies where we've got perhaps a new tenant that's looking to join the scheme. Um, they're looking at really an, an operational level. Um, how they need to staff their store, um, what their scheduling needs to look like, um, potential trading hours, what categories they need to introduce in terms of product groups. And using our both a blend of our footfall and our sales data, we're enabled, really enables us to inform them and um, advise them on the best way to trade their unit. And we could only do that with the amount of data now that we get through our systems. We can also use that for a retailer, perhaps once they've traded their first couple of months, we're able to sit down and do a bit of a review of their performance. So we can look again at how they're trading versus their peers, uh, versus perhaps other retailers in that category. And even across our wider portfolio now, we can do quite a lot of analysis. And again, we can even go down to identify days of the week where perhaps the unit's underperforming. And that's again, gives them that information to dig a bit deeper and understand what that might be. So it really opens up opportunities for them. Yeah. And I think the key other thing is that by sharing that data, um, we're aware almost as quickly as they are if they've not got off to the perhaps the level of performance that they wanted to. So we can direct our marketing to support, you know, really direct it straight at them to make sure we're properly supporting them and making sure the store's a success. Yeah, we've had a lot of debates, haven't we, in, in property over the last few years as tech has come in about sharing data and, and property is, is not the best industry, um, so we're told traditionally. Um, has has the, the attitude, the response changed over the years, do you think? Yeah, hugely. Um, I think, I mean, I, I had three real challenges when I, I joined the property um, industry what uh, in 2012 so nine years ago and before that I'd spent 20 years really um, on the other side on the you know before I moved to the dark side I was on the other side of the table uh, as a retailer um, and yeah you know it was I think you know at the time I think a lot of people thought we were crazy to be sharing the amount of data that we would share today um, it was a very closed book attitude retailers didn't really, you know, share information with us, and we certainly wouldn't share information with a retailer. You know, it was all all very private um, and uh, uncollaborative, really. Um, so it has changed dramatically, um, and even with um, you know the number of CVAs and the change in the retail market over the last few years, and with COVID, 
actually what's happened is the sharing of data has become more important. Um, you know, we're getting more questions now on a daily basis from our retailers across the portfolio needing to understand what is going on at the site level. You know, how quickly are we recovering from the COVID-19 pandemic? What's the recovery rate and what do we see happening over the next few months? And um, again, we could only do that with the data that we get and the data that then we share back in return. So yeah, it's, it's changed significantly. Um, you know, I'm very pleased at the amount of data that's shared now and, uh, you know, the value really that we're adding. Yeah. And, and David, is that reflected in the tech? Has that changed in, in the way that it's collected and presented in, in, in terms of that sort of shared data story? Yeah, I think one of the things that has always been a challenge is will retailers actually use a system to input their sales data that is controlled by the landlord? And I think breaking down those barriers, as Mark said, has really enabled that trust to, to come about. And therefore, it's okay to be able to use those different technology platforms to be able to speed up that process. I think the retailers themselves prefer to know that when they're telling the landlord the sales data for this purpose and what they're going to get back from it, because they can see it for themselves, they trust the platform. They trust the tech, they trust that it's secure, they trust that it's going to be able to get to the right person, even if they don't know Mark personally or Mark's a member of Mark's team, they know that it's getting to that right department and therefore they're included in the process of delivering back the, the value and the results and the insights uh, and the support that they can get from, from the landlord. And, and how do you make sure that it's not a blizzard of numbers and, and just sort of white noise. How, how do you do present it in a, in a meaningful way that will have impact and, and be easy to use? Mark, I'll let you answer that one. So basically, we've, we've, we've done a various um, processes before we launched. So we've, we launched our sales platform back in 2018 uh, with Malcolm. And you're right, I think one of the key things was to make sure that we gave the data back, but the right data at the right time, but also in a format that's, um, I guess, you know, accessible and insightful for all levels. Um, and it is challenging. I mean, we've got you know, you've got to understand it's a really broad spectrum of users that are looking at this data, everything from a, you know, a junior manager in a store all the way up to a property manager um, within a blue chip retailer. So what we did is we, we ran a number of, um, sort of focus groups with our retailers um, to really understand what metrics they needed. Uh, fortunately, my, my background was retail anyway, so I was able to inform British land on the kind of language to use. Um, to make sure that we were giving the data back in a format that a retailer would understand. And it was quite fascinating, the difference between a landlord, which is typically a very accountancy-based, property-based industry, and a retailer. Um, you know, the two are quite different. So, you know, we were very careful on how we, on what language and how we communicate that data. Um, and we continue to evolve it. And that's a great thing with, you know, um, the feedback that we get constantly, we can just, you know, react to that and adjust our platforms. And I think we probably change our reports, you know, literally quarterly with new additions and insights. Um, you know, good example is we, we would never compare, compare sales year on two year before, but COVID has forced us to do that. You know, so retailers don't want to compare their numbers with last year because they were closed. They need the analysis and insights on what was happening now compared to the normal world in 2019 
And again, we've been able to do that really quickly using our, our platforms and again, give that information to the retailers very, very, very effectively. Yeah, yeah. And are you um, sharing the same information internally with, is it, do the landlords and the retailers see the same same screens as it were or how does that work yeah yeah generally you know i would say 70 percent of the screens are the same um you know they're fairly uniform dashboards that we use um obviously we've got some separate dashboards at our level where we can probably look at things on a broader spectrum so you know for example i can look at medical almost like a department store now to really understand which categories are performing for us um and which areas of the center we need to look at in terms of perhaps leasing and then even even areas that are maybe underperforming, and that's where we can really inform our marketing team on what uh, what initiatives and events we need to do going forward. And, and what does it look like at a portfolio level? How do you use it across the? Is it forty odd assets? Yeah, so forty seven assets, forty nine in the next few weeks. But uh, yeah, we can cut and carve that data um, at whatever level we want to. So, you know, um, regular analysis we'll do is just understand the difference between our retail parks, our shopping centres and our campus sites, not just in terms of visitor patterns, but also sales patterns down to category level. Um, and again, that helps us as landlords decide on where we need to focus our marketing initiatives um, and what we need to do in terms of leasing. So, you know, we've always been very good at understanding footfall. Um, so who's coming? Um, but we've never really manage to master um, what they're actually doing when they're there and what they're spending. And this kind of joins the two together quite and, nicely. And this is done on a, a weekly basis, is it? With, but with daily data? Yes, yes. Yeah. So we collect all of our data weekly, but the majority, I'd say 90% of it now, is broken down by day. Um, right. So again, we'll, we'll use that. Almost very similar to a retailer at an asset level, we'll be able to look at our um, on-site soft services teams, make sure we've got the right people on the right days based on sales and footfall. Um, but we're also able to spot trends. Um, you know, one example at the moment is the jewelry category is doing you know exceptionally well. But we picked up on that trend probably 12 to 18 months ago. We already saw that growth. Um, and that's enabled us to inform um, our leasing teams um, and make sure that our offer is in line with what the customer's wanting to, to, to see when they arrive at our assets, which is you know, perfect. Yeah, and, and on the, the the product side, from a tech point of view, David, has there been um, a, a lot of change and, and having to respond with with updates because of what we've seen in the last 18 months with COVID? Yeah, I think there has had to be, you know, the different ways in which people are able to, and where the data's coming from, I think is, is one of the key things. You know, um, I think it's important to say that, you know, particularly here in the UK, as we know, you know, 2019 and, and last year, you know, not many of the retailers are on those turnover leases that they perhaps are moving towards now. And therefore, in order to get the data, you have to find the, the people within the retail environment that are going to be able to provide it. And that might be the, the store manager in the store that one of Mark's team can go and talk to, or it might not be that person. It might be someone at a corporate office who traditionally would perhaps email in random figures um, that you never knew whether to trust or, or what was going back. And also, the, I think one of the important things is being able to then allow the technology to support all of those different things. So whether that's 
corporate retailer dashboards where they're just using the platform just for that, or whether it's the app for a store manager um, in the actual store themselves and, and making sure that they only see their own data. I think that's a really key part of making sure that that's creating that trust. Um, and also then how we've changed the platform over the, the last 12 to 18 months in terms of gathering that more anecdotal data. You know, it's not just necessarily about the numbers that Mark and his team take into account. It's also the uh, best-selling products, the amount of um, click and collect or um, different types of sales. Do the retailer, are some of the food retailers including their Just Eat or delivery uh, platforms in terms of their sales numbers. So there's definitely been a lot of evolution over understanding how retailers sell in that kind of omni-channel way and how that impacts and how that affects the, the shopping centers themselves. Yeah. And, and how labor intensive is it for the to, to collect the data? Um, you, you, you mentioned, Mark, at the outset, there's some some chasing to be done on a, on a weekly basis. Is it is it fairly sort of frictionless or is it uh, is it still quite a heavy workload? No, it's pretty frictionless, to be honest. Um, I think most of it is just it's just getting into routines. You know, I mean, um, most of the retailers now that certainly that we've got on the platform, you know, just know that, you know, on a, on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, they need to enter the data for the previous week. Um, and it takes probably 20 seconds for them to do it. Um, unfortunately, there's always a, a little bit of a naughty list on a Tuesday afternoon that haven't entered the data. But I'd say out of the thousand retailers, you know, certainly way over probably three quarters now, just do it. They enter it through the app. And the great thing is the app sends them a push notification and a reminder, which is all automated as well. So my team are there really just to mop up those last few on a Tuesday. Um, because if we don't get the data, obviously our reports are a little bit less accurate, but also the retailer doesn't get a report back if they don't give us the data. So, you know, we try and make sure we get that from them to make sure we can maintain the level of service that, you know, we want to deliver to them, really. It also, I suppose, helps those teams understand who, it, if there's been any changes in personnel on the property, um, because, you know, we all know retail turnover staff is, uh, you know, flexible and uh, certainly been even more flexible over the last 12 months. So being able to, it's not necessarily the same person that's always going to be, be doing, the, doing the work and liaising with Mark's team. So being able to keep on top of who's actually in, who's responsible within the stores, who's responsible for the distribution of the data, who we're actually sending the reports to, uh, has huge external benefits as well to the teams on the site so they always have a really up-to-date knowledge of who's working on the property who the store managers are who should we be engaging with if we find out that there's another a new store manager for example there's a whole other set of um, processes that mark's team will follow to and all uh, shopping center teams will follow to make sure that they're brought up to speed with how the operation of that property will work which perhaps wouldn't have happened uh, previously yeah, that's a good point because it's not all about sales, is it? I mean, there's there's other types of data that you can collect through a, a platform like yours. How mm. else could it be used? Um, well, I'll use a good example. One of the one of the challenges we've faced, I think we've we've all become very good at closing shopping centres down for lockdown and reopening after lockdown. We're, we're experts now after after last year, but. One of the real challenges that we faced, certainly at Meadowhall, so 285 retailers, 
um, and you're waiting for a week before for the government to make an announcement, um, and you have really, you've got seven days. And what you need to find out in those seven days is, is the retailer going to reopen? If they are reopening, what are their trading hours? What's their capacity going to be in terms of um, COVID measures? What measures are they going to have in store? Are there any services that they're not going to be operating? And that is a huge task for anybody to take on. Um, and all that information needs to be gathered and then updated on the centre website. But again, using Malcom, the survey tool in there allows us to build those surveys and send it out. And what we found is because we did that from the outset, as we then closed and then reopened, closed and reopened, the last reopening we did, we sent out um, the communication on the Monday afternoon following the government announcement and 90% of the retailers provided the information we needed within 48 hours. And that's, we could never have done that without, um, without the platform. You know, email wouldn't work. You can't knock on doors because they're not, they're not here physically. You know, we're, we're, what we're doing is we're engaging with store managers that are potentially working from home all over the country. So it's incredibly powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, that, that that's a good point because we, we hear a lot about the technology and what it can do, but for people listening that are maybe starting their digital transformation journey, it, it's important to focus on what the problem is that you're solving. So just sort of rewind before using Malcolm and getting to this situation. What what was the the problem then that you wanted to solve? Um, I think there was three sort of key themes really when I joined the the shopping centre and the landlord side. One was we wanted to improve the relationship between the landlord and the retailer. So try and dispel the historic myth that you know, our job was to increase rent and, and make life difficult, um, you know, and promote, really promote a community where actually, you know, we can't increase our visitor numbers without a great retail lineup, but we can only get the retail lineup right if we understand what's going on in retail. So it's getting that one right. Secondly, it was the, just all around communication. So the feedback I got, you know, initially, you know, we were sending out emails to our retailers, but 50% of them were bouncing back because, as David said, the turnover of store management was so quick, we were unable to keep on top of it. The only other alternative to email was to hand deliver memos to the stores. But hand delivering 285 memos was A, very costly, B, certainly wasn't environmentally friendly either. You know, we were going through an awful lot of print uh, and we needed a solution. Um, and then thirdly was the data sharing really was to build a platform that was incredibly simple um, because you know nobody's got huge amounts of time these days but make sure it's simple but then also make sure that for the 20 seconds that you give in terms of supplying the data you get back you know valuable insights in return um, and let's like say I think looking back over the years I think if, if somebody had said to me we had got where we got to today I'd probably think that's quite ambitious, but you know, I'm absolutely you know blown away with how it's gone. And to have a thousand retailers now across the UK working with us uh, and sharing, and to have a platform that we've got now like Malcom, I don't know how we would have survived last year, to be honest. Without it now, um, you know, it's, uh, it was just absolutely critical. Yeah, yeah, 
I mean, I was going to ask about ROI and, and benefits, but you've sort of said it all there, haven't you, in terms of I don't know how you'd survive. David, anything you'd add on that when you're sitting across the table from prospective clients is, is you know, cost and whether it's a, an investment, whether it's a, it's, a, it's a cost technology these days, I guess there's a bit of a moot, moot point. But what, what would be your observations around that? Yeah, I mean, we find that our, all of our clients um, on average will save at least 10% on their service charge costs through implementing Allcom. Uh, and that's really partly to do with um, the, some of the return investment that Mark's just talked about. But specifically around the ability to save your team time, uh, make allow them to focus on other areas that are really important around running an operation like that. A lot of teams are, you know, struggling, you know, they want to reduce their budgets, but they're not sure how to do it. They want to digitize, but they're not sure how to do it. And tech can allow that to happen as long as it's built for the right environment, as long as it's specifically designed to help support the teams on site do their jobs. Uh, more effectively, uh, more efficiently, and uh, and also be more environmentally friendly um, around all those processes. Yeah, and what what's next? Where are there things that you can whet the appetite and say in twelve months, twenty four months, this is where we want to get to. This is what we're working on from a product development point of view. And then Mark, I'll come to you as well. Yeah, I mean, we're very much focused on uh, the the technology platform. Uh, in terms of data and analytics, benchmarking. We're doing a lot of work at the moment with our clients on ESG initiatives and how we support those, both from, uh, you know, obviously from an environmental perspective in and sustainability in terms of, um, you know, collecting of energy data and benchmarking that over, over uh, region, different regions, portfolios led across Europe and America, uh, but also from the social aspect of community building, um, working with local organizations, uh, working with local residents, a you know, big part of what we do is bring different types of uh, tenant together. So you, you may have a kind of modern development purpose now as, as kind of units get repurposed is going to be for different uses and different use cases, whether that's, you know, you might have some office tenants or co-working space. We might find that there's residential buildings being, being aligned with uh, shopping centers, and how do we keep communicating to all those different types of user who all have their own different unique types of needs and be able to make sure everyone can get the right information uh, that's relevant to them. So that's a big part of kind of what we're doing in that respect. Um, and also, like I mentioned, you know, the analysis of that, the ability for uh, Mark and his uh, colleagues to be able to really get access to data from the whole portfolio as they do from a sales perspective, but also from all other aspects of that too. Yeah, yeah, sounds brilliant. Um, Mark, you're nodding mm. along there. Is there. What's your sort of vision of the future? Are there the features you'd like to, to see added in or a, a scenario you can see in the future you'd like to get to? Um, I think, to be honest, very similar to, to what David mentioned, really. Well, we're, we've probably got three kind of buzzwords that we're, we're really pushing hard on at the moment. One is, one is the sustainability. So, um, you know, again, mentioned earlier with 285 retailers, you've got an awful lot of initiatives going on um, on the ground downstairs. Um, but what we don't do at the moment is probably share that um, as a community. Um, and, you know, retailers are at very different levels. Some are you know, truly quite advanced in terms of, of some of their initiatives that they've got running. 
But what you don't find is, again, that collaborative approach where we're actually able to share what one retailer is doing. So maybe just saying, you know, did you know your next door neighbor has already launched X, Y, and Z uh, and sharing how to do it. So, so sustainability will be one and it's using Malcolm to collaboratively, collaboratively pull together all of those initiatives really and share them across the community. Secondly, then is well-being. Um, so, you know, we know at the moment, for example, recruitment is very, very difficult um, in both hospitality and retail post-COVID. So we're both supporting our retailers through that recruitment process with Molcom, but also looking at ways of, of making working at somewhere like Meadowhall more attractive. And again, that's pulling together some of the benefits that you get from working here and having access to Malcolm and just enhancing that further. And then the third one really is, is that community. So it's making sure that, you know, the retailer and all of their teams feel part of something at, at, at Meadowhall and it feels, it feels local um, I and mean, it's a big center, but actually, you know, we want to try and make it feel small um, by using the app. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. That uh, probably uh, gives us a, a nice sentiment to, uh, to to end on. It sounds like you're already a long way down the road towards achieving that, and it's it's just the fine tuning and uh, and improving on what you've already got, which it sounds very very powerful uh, foundation there with the platform. So. Um, thanks again to uh, to Mark Bruce at uh, Meadow Hall and British Land, um, and David Fuller Watts at Morcom. Um, I'll see you on the next Place Tech podcast. Thank you.